Runo ten of Kalevala, the land of the heroes, by Elias Lunroth, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo ten, the forging of the Sampo. Argument. Vainamoinen reaches home and urges Ilmarinen to depart to woo the maiden of Poya because he would be able to forge a sampo. Ilmarinen refuses to go to Poyola, but Vainamoinen conveys him thither without his consent by a stratagem. Ilmarinen arrives in Poyola, where he is very well received and promises to forge a sampo. He forges the sampo, and the mistress of Poyola conceals it in the rocky mountain of Poyola. Ilmarinen asks for the maiden as his reward, but she makes excuses, saying that she is not yet ready to leave home. Ilmarinen receives a boat, returns home, and informs Vainamoinen that he has forged the Sampo in Poyola. Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, took his horse of chestnut color, and between the shafts he yoked him, yoked before the sledge the chestnut on the sledge himself he mounted, and upon the seat he sat him quickly then his whip he flourished cracked his whip all bead embroidered quick he sped upon his journey lurched the sledge the way was shortened loudly rang the birchwood runners and the rowan cumber rattled on he rushed with speed tremendous through the swamps and open country o'er the heath so wide extending thus he drove a day a second and at length upon the third day reached the long bridge end before him Kalevala's extended heathlands, bordering on the field of Osmo. Then he spoke the words which follow, and expressed himself in this wise, Wolf, do thou devour the dreamer, seize the Laplander, O sickness, he who said that I should never in my lifetime reach my homestead, nor again throughout my lifetime, nor as long as shines the moonlight, neither tread Vainula's meadows, Kalevala's extended heathlands. Then the aged Vainamoinen spoke aloud his songs of magic, and a flower-crowned birch grew upward, crowned with flowers and leaves all golden, and its summit reached to heaven to the very clouds uprising. In the air the boughs extended, and they spread themselves to heaven. Then he sang his songs of magic, and he sang a moon all shining, on the pine-tree's golden summit and the great bear in the branches on he drove with speed tremendous straight to his beloved homestead head bowed down in thoughts all gloomy and his cap was tilted sideways for the great smith ilmarina and he the great primeval craftsman he had promised as his surety that his own head he might rescue out of poyola's dark regions sariola for ever misty presently his horse he halted at the new-cleared field of Osmo, and the aged Vainamoinen, in the sledge his head uplifted, heard the noise within the smithy, and the clatter in the coal-shed. Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, then himself the smithy entered, and he found smith Ilmarinen wielding mightily his hammer. Said the smith, said Ilmarinen, O thou aged Vainamoinen, where have you so long been staying, where have you so long been living? Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, answered in the words which follow, There have I so long been staying, there have I so long been living. 
In the gloomy land of Pohja, Sariola forever misty. Long I coursed on Lapland snowshoes With the world-renowned magicians. Then the smith E'en Ilmarinen Answered in the words which follow, O thou aged Vainamoinen, Thou the great primeval sorcerer, Tell me of your journey thither, Tell me of your homeward journey. Said the aged Vainamoinen, Much indeed have I to tell you, Lives in Pohjola a maiden, In that village cold a virgin, Who will not accept a suitor, Mocks the very best among them, Half of all the land of Poya Praises her surpassing beauty, From her temples shines the moonlight, From her breasts the sun is shining, And the great bear from her shoulders, From her back the starry seven. Thou thyself, smith Ilmarinen, Thou the great primeval craftsman, Go thyself to woo the maiden, and behold her shining tresses. If you can but forge a sampo, with its many-coloured cover, you will then receive the maiden, and the fair maid be your guerdon. Said the smith, e'en Ilmarinen, O oh, thou aged Vainamoinen, you have perhaps already pledged me to the gloomy land of Poya, that your own head you might rescue, and might thus secure your freedom not in course of all my lifetime while the golden moon is shining hence to pohjola i'll journey huts of sariola so dreary where the people eat each other and they even drown the heroes then the aged vainamoinen answered in the words which follow there is wonder after wonder there's a pine with flowery summit flowery summit leaves all golden near where osmo's field is bordered on the crown the moon is shining, in the boughs the bear is resting. Said the smith, e'en Ilmarinen, this I never can believe in, if I do not go to see it, and my own eyes have not seen it. Said the aged Vainamoinen, if you cannot then believe it, we will go ourselves and witness whether true or false the story. Then they both went forth to see it, view the pine with flowery summit, first walked aged Vainamoinen and smith Ilmarinen second. When they reached the spot they sought for, on the edge of Osmo's cornfield, then the smith his steps arrested in amazement at the pine-tree, with the great bear in the branches and the moon upon its summit. Then the aged Vainamoinen spoke the very words which follow, Now thou smith, my dearest brother, climb and fetch the moon above us, Bring thou too the great bear shining on the pine-tree's golden summit. Then the smith e'en Ilmarinen climbed aloft into the pine-tree. Up he climbed into the daylight, climbed to fetch the moon above him, and the great bear shining brightly on the pine-tree's golden summit. Said the pine-tree's golden summit, said the widely branching pine-tree, Mighty man of all most foolish, O most thoughtless of the heroes, In my branches, fool, thou climbest, to my summit as a boy might, and wouldst grasp the moon's reflection and the false stars thou beholdest? Then the aged Vainamoinen lifted up his voice in singing. As he sang, uprose a tempest, and the wind rose wildly furious, and he spoke the words which follow, and expressed himself in this wise. In thy boat, O wind, convey him, in thy skiff, O breeze, convey him, bear him to the distant regions of the gloomy land of Poya. Then there rose a mighty tempest, and the wind so wildly furious carried off smith Ilmarinen, carried him to distant regions, to the gloomy land of Poya, Sariola forever misty. 
then the smith e'en ilmarinen journeyed forth and hurried onwards on the tempest forth he floated on the pathway of the breezes over moon and under sun-ray on the shoulders of the great bear till he reached the halls of poya baths of sariola the gloomy yet the tailed dogs were not barking and the watch-dogs were not yelping lohi poyola's old mistress old and gap-toothed dame of poya in the house she stood and listened and at length she spoke as follows who then are you among mortals who among the roll of heroes on the tempest path who comest on the sledgeway of the breezes yet the dogs ran forth not barking and the shaggy-tailed ones bark not said the smith e'en ilmarinen surely i have not come hither that the village dogs should shame me or the shaggy-tailed ones hurt me here behind these foreign portals and behind these unknown fences then did pojola's old mistress question thus the new-come stranger have you ever on your travels heard reports of or encountered him the great smith ilmarinen most accomplished of the craftsmen long have we been waiting for him long been anxious for his coming here to pojola's dark regions that a sampo he might forge us then the smith e'en ilmarinen answered in the words which follow i have met upon my journey with the smith named ilmarinen i myself am ilmarinen and a most accomplished craftsman lohi pojola's old mistress old and gap-toothed dame of poya hurried back into her dwelling and she spoke the words which follow come my daughter thou the youngest thou the fairest of my children robe thyself in choicest raiment clothe thee in the brightest coloured in the finest of your dresses brightest beads upon thy bosom round thy neck the very finest and upon thy temples shining see thou that thy cheeks are rosy and thy countenance is cheerful here's the smith named ilmarinen he the great primeval craftsman who will forge the sampo for us with its brightly pictured cover then the lovely maid of poya famed on land on water peerless took the choicest of her dresses and the brightest of her garments and the fifth at last selected then her headdress she adjusted and her copper belt girt round her and her wondrous golden girdle back she came from out the storeroom dancing back into the courtyard and her eyes were brightly shining as she moved her earrings jingled and her countenance was charming and her lovely cheeks were rosy gold was shining on her bosom on her head was silver gleaming then did pojola's old mistress lead the smith named ilmarinen into pojola's great castle rooms of sariola the gloomy there she set a meal before him gave the hero drink in plenty and she feasted him profusely and at length she spoke as follows o thou smith o ilmarinen thou the great primeval craftsman if you can but forge a sampo with its many-coloured cover from the tips of swan's white wing-plumes from the milk of barren heifer from a little grain of barley from the wool of sheep of summer will you then accept this maiden as reward my charming daughter then the smith named ilmarinen answered in the words which follow i will go to forge the sampo weld its many-coloured cover from the tips of swan's white wing-plumes from the milk of barren heifer from a little grain of barley from the wool of sheep of summer for twas i who forged the heavens and the vault of air i hammered ere the air had yet beginning or a trace of aught was present 
Then he went to forge the Sampo, with its many-coloured cover, sought a station for a smithy, and he needed tools for labour. But no place he found for smithy, nor for smithy, nor for bellows, nor for furnace, nor for anvil, not a hammer, nor a mallet. Then the smith, e'en Ilmarinen, spoke aloud the words which follow, None despair except old women, scamps may leave their task unfinished, not a man, how weak soever, not a hero of the laziest. For his forge he sought a station, and a wide place for the bellows, in the country round about him, in the outer fields of Poya. So he sought one day a second, and at length upon the third day found a stone all streaked with colours, and a mighty rock beside it. Here the smith his search abandoned, and the smith prepared his furnace on the first day fixed the bellows and the forge upon the second thereupon smith ilmarinen he the great primeval craftsman heaped the fuel upon the fire and beneath the forge he thrust it made his servants work the bellows to the half of all their power so the servants worked the bellows to the half of all their power during three days of the summer during three nights of the summer stones beneath their heels were resting and upon their toes were boulders on the first day of their labour he himself smith ilmarinen stooped him down intently gazing to the bottom of the furnace if perchance amid the fire something brilliant had developed from the flames there rose a crossbow golden bow from out the furnace twas a gold bow tipped with silver and the shaft shone bright with copper and the bow was fair to gaze on but of evil disposition and a head each day demanded and on feast days too demanded he himself smith ilmarinen was not much delighted with it so he broke the bow to pieces cast it back into the furnace made his servants work the bellows to the half of all their power so again upon the next day he himself smith ilmarinen stooped him down intently gazing to the bottom of the furnace and a boat rose from the furnace from the heat rose up a red boat and the prow was golden coloured and the rowlocks were of copper and the boat was fair to gaze on but of evil disposition it would go to needless combat and would fight when cause was lacking therefore did smith ilmarinen take no slightest pleasure in it and he smashed the boat to splinters cast it back into the furnace made his servants work the bellows to the half of all their power then upon the third day likewise he himself smith ilmarinen stooped him down intently gazing to the bottom of the furnace and a heifer then rose upward with her horns all golden shining with the bare stars on her forehead on her head appeared the sun disk and the cow was fair to gaze on but of evil disposition always sleeping in the forest on the ground her milk she wasted therefore did smith ilmarinen take no slightest pleasure in her and he cut the cow to fragments cast her back into the furnace made his servants work the bellows to the half of all their power so again upon the fourth day he himself smith ilmarinen stooped him down and gazed intently to the bottom of the furnace and a plough rose from the furnace with the ploughshare golden shining golden share and frame of copper and the handles tipped with silver and the plough was fair to gaze on but of evil disposition ploughing up the village cornfields ploughing up the open meadows 
Therefore did smith Ilmarinen take no slightest pleasure in it, and he broke the plough to pieces, cast it back into the furnace, call the winds to work the bellows to the utmost of their power. Then the winds arose in fury, blew the east wind, blew the west wind, and the south wind yet more strongly, and the north wind howled and blustered. Thus they blew one day a second, and upon the third day likewise fire was flashing from the windows, from the door the sparks were flying, and the dust arose to heaven. With the clouds the smoke was mingled. Then again Smith Ilmarinen, on the evening of the third day, stooped him down and gazed intently to the bottom of the furnace, and he saw the sampo forming with its many-coloured cover. Thereupon Smith Ilmarinen, he the great primeval craftsman, welded it and hammered at it, heaped his rapid blows upon it, forged with cunning art the sampo and on one side was a corn-mill on another side a salt-mill and upon the third a coin-mill now was grinding the new sampo and revolved the pictured cover chestfuls did it grind till evening first for food it ground a chestful and another ground for barter and a third it ground for storage now rejoiced the crone of poya and conveyed the bulky sampo to the rocky hills of poya and within the mount of copper and behind nine locks secured it there it struck its roots around it fathoms nine in depth that measured one in mother earth deep-rooted in the strand the next was planted in the nearest mount the third one afterwards smith ilmarinen asked the maiden as his guerdon and he spoke the words which follow will you give me now the maiden for the sampo is completed with his beauteous pictured cover then the lovely maid of poya answered in the words which follow who in years that this shall follow for three summers in succession who shall hear the cuckoo calling and the birds all sweetly singing if i seek a foreign country as in foreign lands a berry if the dove had thus departed and the maiden thus should wander strayed away the mother's darling likewise would the cranberries vanish all the cuckoos vanish with them and the nightingales would migrate from the summit of this mountain from the summits of these uplands not as yet can i abandon my delightful life as maiden and my innocent employments in the glowing heat of summer all unpluck the mountain berries and the lake shore will be songless and unvisited the meadows and in woods i sport no longer thereupon smith ilmarinen he the great primeval craftsman sad and with his head down hanging and his cap in grief thrust sideways presently began to ponder in his head long time debating how he now should journey homeward to his own familiar country from the gloomy land of poya sariola forever misty then said poyola's old mistress o thou smith o ilmarinen wherefore is thy mind so saddened and thy cap in grief pushed sideways are you thinking how to journey homeward to your native country said the smith e'en ilmarinen yes my thoughts are there directed to my home that i may die there and may rest in scenes familiar then did poyola's old mistress set both meat and drink before him at the boat stern then she placed him there to work the copper paddle and she bade the wind blow strongly and the north wind fiercely bluster 
Thus it was Smith Ilmarinen, he the great primeval craftsman, travelled homeward to his country, o'er the blue sea's watery surface. Thus he voyaged one day, a second, and at length upon the third day reached the smith his home in safety, in the land where he was nurtured. Asked the aged Vainamoinen when he saw Smith Ilmarinen, Ilmarinen, smith and brother, thou the great primeval craftsman, hast thou forged a new-made sampo with its many-coloured cover? Then replied smith Ilmarinen, ready with a fitting answer, grinds forth meal the new-made sampo, and revolves the pictured cover. Chestfuls does it grind till evening, first for food it grinds a chestful, and another grinds for barter and a third it grinds for storage. End of Runo 10, recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.